On this episode of Athletic Training Chat, we have Greg Winkleman, who is one of our co-hosts, but just sort of recently finished up a data analysis boot camp, and that is what we're talking about in this episode, and really, it's something that we've seen pop up a lot more on social media, but really haven't talk to anybody on the podcast about it and applying it to the athletic training profession. Uh, that is a huge thing, obviously, for many reasons, whether it's showing value, um, rehab, performance, whatever it may be. And so really this was kind of just getting some insight from Greg on what he took away from this boot camp, how he's applied it, how it's been beneficial. And really, if people are looking to go this route, is it something that is worth the investment and that he sees as something that could be really powerful for athletic trainers. So that is the main focus of this, which I think is a huge and really interesting and future coming topic. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Please consider them for all your sports medicine needs. Lots of things that they've done, things that are coming out. If you're going to NATA here coming up in a little over a month uh, after this recording, uh, please check them out. They always have something that they want to connect with and show and just really interact with athletic trainers to see what they can do to help. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode. training chat we are on with host slash guest greg winkleman uh and the reason we are doing an episode with greg is he has completed oh probably a little while ago now um a data analytics boot camp um or i'll let him get into all the details of what it is and uh we just did a follow-up call on something else just a week or so ago and he, we got talking about it and it does seem like it is going, and if not is currently, the wave that is going to make the next big kind of move in a lot of different things. And, you know, everybody talks about data and value and how to tie all that together. And so um, I will also come back with, and maybe we'll talk about this a little bit more, Greg, later. Um, so if I don't forget, uh, tell me to come back to it. But like using this to tell the story, a story with the data to make it that much more impactful. So uh, just a quick little background on Greg. He did his undergrad and graduate work at UW Lacrosse uh, with his master's in athletic training. He did an internship with the Denver Broncos, uh, has now been working back in Wisconsin in clinic slash high school um, outreach. And then obviously we were talking about this boot camp. So uh, I'll turn it over to you if you want to talk just a little bit about, you know, what prompted you to go and take this boot camp, uh, what exactly it, it is. Um, in terms of boot camp, and then uh, we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, so um, basically with my time at the Broncos, it really opened my eyes up to all of the technology that you just don't get to see at some of the smaller settings. Um, sorry if you hear that, that's a big jet flying over, apparently. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I really kind of got a little bit of hands-on with some of the, the technology there, um, and as soon as I got back to, to working in Wisconsin, um, I saw a lot of um, kind of newer job postings for um, a lot of like sports performance and um, healthcare kind of innovation stuff that um, they were looking for data analysts. So um, I kind of just did some, you know, quick Google searching and, and whatnot. And um, I found that there's a, a ton of these data boot camps and, um, you know, a lot of them are very, very similar in, in how they're structured, but uh, it's kind of a, a fast track way to really um, learn a lot of the basics and some of the more advanced skills in data analytics. Um, and so I just figured, you know, why not? It, it pairs really well with just about any profession, to be honest with you. But um, I feel like, especially in the athletic training, sports performance, um, kind of team sports setting, um, it's one of those things that you see more and more of it. And I think you're going to see a ton of it here in the future 
when a lot of those products and other technology pieces become just, you know, more available and affordable for, you know, some of these, um, what I would say, like lower end settings budget wise. So um, I think, you know, there's, there's a ton of upside to pursuing data, but, um, you know, I, I will say it's definitely not for everyone. It's <laughs> a lot of computer work, um, a lot of coding, which I honestly didn't, um, I knew what I was getting into, but um, I didn't know the extent of kind of the computer knowledge that you, you know, obviously you learn it and gain it through the um, educational piece, but um, coming into the, the boot camp with a little bit of that computer knowledge would definitely um, kind of put you ahead in a, in a lot of ways. So um, I guess long story short, that's kind of how I came onto it. And now I'm just kind of plugging in ways that I can use it and kind of build my own portfolio for um, any potential you know, kind of future opportunities. Awesome. Um, you you can feel free just to speak in kind of generalities around some of the technology uh, that you saw. If, if you can't share, I understand trade secrets uh, per the NFL and just kind of talking with other previous ones, but was it, you know, was it GP, you know, was the things that you saw that you were realizing the benefit, you know, was it the GPS, you know, activity monitoring, were there other things? Again, if you if you can speak in generals, uh, that'd be great. Um, without obviously giving away anything. Yeah, so um, I I can definitely say a lot on it. So um, from my knowledge and just from doing a lot of research, and then obviously seeing it firsthand with the Broncos, um, the G especially GPS uh, things catapults kind of the big one. Um, they are everywhere in the elite sports setting. And I, I figured that they were kind of everywhere, but I didn't realize to the extent that they use them for. Sure. Um, I, I thought, you know, it's, yeah, the sports performance team will use it to, you know, maybe track their accelerations and stuff like that. But um, they're wearing them for rehabs. They're wearing them for, you know, just about any sort of exercise, um, you know, routine. And um, along with the GPS, I would say um, valved performance is another um, thing to look into so yeah they are kind of one of the gold standards for exercise science technology um and i didn't really see any of that firsthand um but i know that vald works with a ton of you know professional soccer professional football um kind of your your higher end budget places um, but they have some really unique equipment that you know measures eccentric strength concentric strength um they, you can kind of pair a lot of their technology together to get um, data on your athletes. So um, I would say those are kind of the two or, or two of the, the bigger ones that come to mind. Um, the other thing too is I didn't realize how many apps and um, kind of just general like questionnaire tracking goes on at the higher um, higher level there. So um, they, they answer a lot of questions about how they slept, how they feel, um, how sore are you? stuff like that where, you know, in hindsight, you might think, oh, you know, they're, they're just kind of looking for a couple guys to kind of pick out maybe that, you know, their answers aren't, aren't super great for the day. But um, when you can actually sit down and analyze that data, you can find a lot more um, kind of holes and, and different things that you can make inferences from. So um, I think it, it's definitely caught on and it's, it's spreading because there's so many ways that you can manipulate the data and, and really find those people that are maybe at a high risk for a muscle strain or, you know, high risk for concussion or, you know, just, just kind of various things like that where, yeah, we can't prevent every injury, but um, this, this data analytics stuff, it, it really um, kind of adds the potential to prevent a lot of those things that we thought, you know, maybe, yeah, you can prevent, you know, ankle sprains from doing an ankle program, but, you know, how, how far can we push that? And the data is really, um, you know, showing insights on on how we can further prevent injuries and, and really make those things meaningful and worth the investment. Appreciate that oversight. Um, kind of going off of that, you know, any initial applications that you found useful, you kind of talked about, you know, building your portfolio, even if you haven't necessarily started something, um, being at a high school, um, having a lot of your experience at a division three, um, institution, even if it, they're not at necessarily applications that you have put into practice, 
initial ones, you know, that you would see in those two settings, you know, that don't have the endless amount of budget. I mean, the Vault that you mentioned or Vald, however they pronounce it, like we've definitely looked at those two, but the subscription model makes it tough to come up yes. with the repeat funding. So, you know, that isn't something that a lot of people um, have the financial access to. But so anything from your previous experience and your current experience that you'd be like, here would be an impactful yet free slash affordable thing that you would look to implement. Yeah, so um, right now I've been kind of fortunate enough to take over a lot of the strength and conditioning at um, the high school that I'm at. Okay. Which is a very, it's a very large high school too. So um, we get usually very good turnouts with the team workouts and, you know, a lot of it's early in the morning. So uh, the kids are putting in the work. So um, I figured, you know, if they're going to show up here at, you know, 5.36 a.m., then we might as well get a little bit of data collection. So um, obviously without some of those, you know, like the valve tools would be super nice to have in the weight room or even force plates and stuff like that. But um, at the high school level, it's been just a lot of, you know, tracking distances, you know, we'll measure their broad jump once in a while, we'll measure uh, sprint times for various distances, um, you know, kind of one rep maxes for everything. And just tracking and storing that data has helped a lot in just determining, okay, are we doing enough? Or are we doing too much? Um, what does just this growth curve look like? And you know, obviously every kid is going to be different in their, you know, their performance and, and how fast that they gain strength and gain size and show some of those metrics. But um, when you're not tracking that, you really don't have an idea. I mean, sure, the eye test, you can pick out a few kids that look like they've gained some, you know, good lean muscle mass. But um, when you start taking data, you really get to realize um, kind of things as a whole versus kind of picking out those specific one or two athletes and and making your decisions based on them. So um, I would say right now I, I just do a lot of even just Excel work. Um, so our, our first day in boot camp, um, which is 24 weeks, was all Excel. And then um, second day was moving on to the next program. So Jeez. Yep, it's it's very fast paced, but even just that one day of Excel coverage um, has really helped me develop a lot of interactive tables and things that I normally wouldn't have known to do. Um, and so just, you know, using Excel right now has been big. Um, at the clinic, I, I haven't necessarily gotten a whole lot of data stuff done, but um, I've talked to, you know, some of the supervisors and stuff, and um, it would be nice to use some of this data stuff to um, figure out, okay, you know, where, where could we increase our revenue? Um, where are we maybe struggling in areas that we can improve on? Um, just in more of a clinical sense. So uh, the clinic that I'm at is it's a lot of orthopedic surgeons and then um, a, a good amount of non-surgical uh, sports medicine docs as well. So um, I, I would be curious to get a, da a data set from them and just kind of see you know, are, are there big differences between seeing a surgical provider and a non-surgical provider? Um, what are kind of our moneymaker injuries that we should be, you know, really inviting people into to treat? Um, just, you know, kind of general stuff like that would be um, obviously very good for the financial mm -hmm. that they're running, but um, also just to better understand the, the clientele around the area too. So uh, maybe if we did want to expand to sports performance or, you know, something that is similar and would drive in more patients, um, I think we could kind of find a better target audience for something like that. Awesome. Um, you kind of highlighted a few different things uh, that you were looking to do, but even beyond that, you know, where do you see this potential skill set being the most useful um, within the AT profession? Uh, specifically, and if you, you wanted to, you know, pick a setting or, you know, one that you see being a, more applicable kind of from your mixed bag of experiences, please, please highlight that. Yeah, so I think it's really going to blow up and be noticeable in the collegiate setting here, um, if it already isn't at a lot of these bigger colleges. But um, the fact that a lot of EMRs now will um, kind of automatically pool data and, uh, depending on kind of how high up you are, um, like the NFL, for instance, a lot of teams work with Kitman Labs. 
And that's another just industry leader in um, really looking at the data, analyzing it, you know, giving back information to teams that's, you know, individual specific and um, can really kind of benefit them in the, the long run. But um, so I use Kitman for an example because they are in charge of the NFL's whole EMR system now. And so okay. if your, you know, your EMR team is also the team that is known for sports performance data in analytics, um, you know, you're, you're in a really good spot there for, um, you know, picking out different things that will help advance your team. And none of that is really work that the team's athletic trainers necessarily have to do themselves. Um, obviously, they have to document the injuries and the, the notes and all that stuff, but all of the the actual analysis is done on the back end. So I think um, that model is going to carry over to the collegiate setting to where, you know, you, you might not necessarily have to go through, you know, data analytic training, but um, that stuff is going to be more readily available to you. And it, it's going to be kind of up to you to, um, you know, kind of differentiate what the report is saying and, okay, um, why were they measuring hamstring elasticity or why were they looking into these, you know, certain metrics? And um, I think that's the piece that as long as people grasp that, they'll be in a really good spot as a practitioner to change some of the ways that they do rehab or performance or, you know, whatever the case is. But um, I think that would be the biggest thing is, is just the, just the overall expansion of this stuff in the kind of that sports medicine sense. Um, it, it's still a little split between performance and like injury prevention per se. Sure. Um, but that bridge is starting to um, definitely come together and, and um kind of become one. And I think that that is going to help teams tremendously. So I would say the collegiate, collegiate setting is going to be kind of the next big boom, um, especially because it's worked here for, you know, a couple of years in, in the pro settings. So a lot of uh, worldwide soccer and a lot of the bigger name things like the NFL, NBA, NHL, um, they've been very successful with this. Obviously they have the money to fund those things, but uh, as you know, more of that stuff becomes available. I think it's going to be more affordable for these places. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to even branch down to the high school level. There's so much stake in recruiting nowadays that, you know, what's to say recruiters aren't going to ask for your, you know, certain data on uh, like the NFL combine statistics and stuff like that. So um, I know in the Milwaukee area, there's football combines all the time, but you know, yeah, you'll get a laser 40 time and you'll get a bench press, you know, mark and all this stuff. But um, if you can kind of analyze that data and show, you know, potential colleges, hey, this is where I was at six months ago. This is where I'm at now. Um, I think that's going to be a huge piece in some of these bigger schools pulling the trigger on recruiting. You got you talked about the NFL and just now that some of that stuff's kind of being outsource not directly you know for the analytics you know right within the club and so this may be a little bit more of a hypothetical question for you um i'm just speaking a little bit from not a ton of personal experience because i've never truly worked with like a data scientist in any role that i've had um obviously at uwl we had phd researchers and we it was kind of data um and we did some stuff with monitoring with a couple different teams as well but do, do you see, you know, again, and it all depends on resources, and so that all comes into this because it's not broad strokes, but, you know, a lot of pl places now, especially the college level, have your athletic training staff and your strength and conditioning staff, kind of regardless of that, I think that's becoming, especially at bigger high schools, more common, uh, where you've got kind of dedicated, but do you is there a way or how do you see you know ats and strength and conditioning coaches you know working together with that data you know kind of making sure it's a partnership and what you're looking at or is it do you think going to require kind of that third party you know sports scientist in quotes or data analyst that's able to try and project provide a little bit more of an objective you know like here's what we have here's where we think we could make some benefits, you know, so it's not just the AT trying to put, or the strength coach for that matter, trying to put like, you know, oh, injury risk reduction is my thing. Like that's what I'm supposed to do or type of a 
turf war, if you will. Yeah, so I mean, I can see both sides of it, and I think both both have you know big advantages. Um, but I, I think ideally it would be nice to just have the athletic training staff and the sports performance staffs work together. Um, I think when you look at a lot of, especially in the high school level, you look at a lot of the successful um, high schools, they, those two people get along really well because that's kind of all you have for, sure. Um, you know, you're as, as far as athletics goes, you got an athletic director, you got coaches, and then you, you might be lucky enough to have a strength and conditioning coach that might just be, you know, a lot of times it's your varsity football coach that mans the weight room. Um, so I think just establishing those, establishing those relationships is, is really the biggest piece. And as long as you have that good working relationship where, you know, I'll walk into the weight room and say, Hey, this, this kid right here, he needs to um, limit, you know, legs today. He needs to really watch his hamstrings. Um, and I'm in a you know fortunate position to where, they take that information and there's, you know, there's really no questions asked. It's, you know, okay, well, you know, we'll send them back if anything happens type thing. And um, I think if, you know, the data is really just that extra piece to where if you can train your, you know, kind of performance staff to maybe measure a couple of things while they're in the weight room. Um, and then obviously, you know, athletic trainers can, can do the same in the training room or during the rehab sessions, um, just pulling that data and, and maybe sitting down together and saying, okay, this is, this is what I saw. This is what I saw. Let's, you know, kind of compare and come up with something. But, um, you know, I, I think coaches obviously don't want their, you know, players out with injury. And, right. you know, we like to keep our training room as, as calm and um, injury free as possible. So everyone's working for the same cause. So um, I, I think, you know, especially at those lower levels, it's probably not feasible to have a third party. And it's honestly not really that necessary as long as um, there's, you know, a good line of communication and um, everyone kind of knows what they're looking for. So um, that would take some effort, obviously, to get everyone on the same page. But um, if you had some easy data collection tools, um, I think it's, you know, very, very doable at that level. Awesome. Uh, circling back to the one that I didn't want to forget, you know, uh, and I pulled this from a lot of other p smart people that I listen to, not within the athletic training realm uh, that uh, kind of talk about this, but there's a lot of them, you know, like data is great, but oftentimes data isn't enough to convince everyone that something needs to happen. Like they'll look at it and be like, great, but if that there's no cell, if you will, or story behind it, is that something that, you know, that they talked about in this boot camp? you know, like, you know, being able to take that data and tell a story around it or, you know, put it into something that's a little bit more practical, but also just hitting with the hard facts of this is what it says. Um, any thoughts on that? Yeah, so that's actually a, that's a huge piece of data analytics. Um, you know, kind of from the outside looking in, it, it seems like, yeah, they're just kind of crunching numbers on a computer, but um, you know, it, especially in our bootcamp course, um, visualization is what they call it, is about a third of everything that you do in the bootcamp. And then um, I would even say it's probably bigger than a third of what you would do in a professional setting. So, yeah, it's nice to clean these spreadsheets up, you know, run some numbers, um, do some statistics on all that stuff. But, you know, if, if you can't make a clean visualization of what that um, you know, what that story is, then you're going to have a lot harder time convincing your supervisor or stakeholder, or, you know, whoever you're kind of presenting that to, um, that something needs to change. So um, I would say the, the visualization piece is huge. And um, I know some of the things that we would use were, you know, matplotlib is a big one for creating um, kind of interactive graphs and Tableau is a huge uh, free software where you know you you create these storyboards for presentations, and um, so you know you're not only punching all these numbers, but you have to make it make sense. Um, so that's that's it's a huge part of it, and I know that especially in like the the financial and business side to data analytics, um, that's really the only piece that your employer sees. 
Um, they might, you know, they might track your hours or whatever of what you're analyzing, but the stuff that they get to see is your final project, which is your visualization. Um, because that's going to display the stats that you picked out, the things that stuck out to you, um, the things that were statistically significant. You know, you can't just write, yep, this had a, you know, a good p-value on it. We're just going to, you know, talk about this in a meeting. No, you got to come with um, graphs, you know, different, di really, I mean, graphs is kind of a small a chunk of it, but you've got to come with that visualization piece. Otherwise, they're going to laugh at you and probably hire someone else. So that's fair. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's really a big piece. And when you think about just the way that we consume media, um, you know, I'll be scrolling through social media. And if, you know, someone has a statement versus, you know, a, a pretty good evidence-based um, graph or chart or, you know, whatever that happens to be, um, I'm going to spend a lot more time looking into that chart to see what, okay, what are they actually saying by this statement here? Um, it, it's kind of like, you know, it, it's, it's like backing up your work. Um, I picture it as like, you know, elementary math where you don't show your work, you don't get full grade. So um, that's kind of how I would describe the visualization aspect of, of the data stuff. You know, how did you get to that number? And then, you know, what does that really mean in the grand scheme of things. So yeah. um, that's what sells all your, you know, really all the work you do data wise. It's, um, you know, the, the meat and potatoes would be doing the statistics, sorting the data, even collecting the data is kind of tough sometimes, but if you can't sell it to somebody, then you really need to work on your visualization skills. Cause that's where the, the big money is kind of made. Appreciate that insight. Um, you mentioned a couple ones. I'm kind of going into my next question. Uh, a couple of resources that you just threw out there, but and, you know, if people were wanting to look at a course or a boot camp or anything else that you've come across, um, any and I put it in quotes, you know, starter options. Now that you've gone through it, or you know, things that you heard, um, I've pretended personally to like sort of try Code Academy, all their free stuff from time to time. Uh, and then I never stick with it, uh, my own fault, but anything that you've come across that you would be like, Hey, if this is where you're just trying to get a starter idea from, or just, you know, get enough to start, excuse me, figuring out, but without having to go full boot camp, um, any recommendations? Yeah. So I would say just YouTube honestly is, is a good starting point. Um, and then I would go to some of these bootcamp um, websites, regardless if you want to do one or not, because they're going to list their curriculum, which shows everything that you're going to learn. Um, I know the one that I took, it's, it's mapped out. Um, it was two days a week. So every day of that, you know, that week, it would show you what you're going to learn and work on. Um, and it was obviously very fast paced. So you're, you're kind of learning a new, um, a completely new software about once a week. Um, if not more than that. So um, picking out kind of, okay, I see Python a lot. Maybe I'm going to look into Python a little bit, which is one of the, I would say the biggest um, coding resources for more than just data analytics, but that's Python's a huge one. Sure. But just picking out kind of those things. Okay. I, I see this all over. I see this on job postings. I see this on boot camps. Maybe I should look into this. So um, I would just type, you know, Python for beginners into YouTube and just see, is that something that I want to, um, you know, focus a little bit more on, or, you know, is this going to be helpful for me in the long term? Um, but that's kind of where I started. And um, I kind of compared a few boot camps and the different softwares that they teach um, because they do differ a little bit. And I, I picked one out just based on, you know, what I could apply to this field because sure. you know, I'm going to be honest, a lot of it is not, sports medicine based or even, you know, athletics or um, there is a good amount of healthcare coverage. Um, you do a lot of cool projects with, um, you know, just basically the advancement of healthcare administration stuff. Sure. Um, that's, that's the piece that I really like was, okay, what softwares am I going to learn um, are going to carry over into this profession? So um, I would say Python's a great resource. Tableau is a great resource um javascript even you know if you want to create a little web page displaying stuff um 
Java and HTML are going to be um, fairly easy ways for you to do that without, you know, jumping into a whole another realm of website creation. But um, I would I would just start there and just really look at the options that they have. Um, a lot of them will cover Excel. They'll cover it quickly because Excel really isn't a, a huge um, or I should say a big data, you know, analyst tool, but you can do a ton on Excel. So even just taking a course to learn more about Excel would be um, beneficial, especially in our setting, because Excel is either free or very cheap for people. And I think everyone knows a good handful of professionals that are keeping spreadsheets of, you know, different things that they're tracking. So um, those would kind of be my, I would say, initial recommendations. And then you know, just go from there. But YouTube's a great resource. Um, a lot of just beginner coding kind of websites and forums and stuff um, do a really good job of walking you through things. Um, and then, yeah, just even if you start coding, like Joel said, you know, he's kind of jumped in back and forth into some of the coding stuff. Um, loosely understand the basics of HTML. <laughs> very, very loosely. Um, but even just jumping into some of that and, you know, say your your code's not quite working, it's giving you an error, copy and paste that whole code into Google. You will find forums on people that are doing probably really close to the same thing. And there's always, I, I basically call them geniuses because they'll look at this code posting, post, you know, their answer of how you can solve that. And there's basically an answer for any coding question out there. So um, you know, if you're maybe a little deeper into things and you're wondering why, you know, why isn't this working? Why isn't it displaying the average of these, you know, 40 times, for instance, um, maybe you got a, a space that's in the wrong spot or, right. I mean, it's very tedious, but the, those websites will help a ton in just pointing out the, the little things that you might need to change in your you know, three, four lines of code that you have. Well, it's mildly disheartening that Excel isn't that much of a data analyst tool yet. I feel like I use like a percentage of what it can do and still get baffled by it, but I completely understand. Well, yeah, and I I should rescind that a little bit. It's I mean, it's probably the most popular tool. Obviously. For sure. Um, I would say in the the larger scheme of things, um, you know, a lot of data analysts are handling data sets that are, you know, five digits, six digits, seven digits long as far as, you know, rows and columns. So if you're handling a million different rows of data points, Excel is probably not going to be the best option for you. I don't know if you've had any big data sets on there, but once you get up into like that five digit, um, even sometimes the four digit stuff um, row wise, that Excel is not going to respond very well to you. It's it's sure. surfing a you know early two thousands internet browser as far as the speed of the site and um you know it, it's just not going to be able to keep up. So that's why I I say Excel isn't a huge tool. But um, if you have manageable data sets, which for the most part is um, you know with our profession, you're not going to have those millions and millions of rows unless you're tracking GPS coordinates every you know, 10th of a second or something like that. But right, right. It is very applicable to us. So um, Excel is is definitely a, a good starting point. Fair enough. I appreciate you making me feel a little bit better about that. Um, anything else around data analytics and anything like that that we haven't covered that you wanted to before we kind of jump into a modified version of the AT chat questions? Uh, I would say... You know, not not really anything big comes to mind, but um, it's it's not something you can just pick up overnight is what sure. I said. Um, I finished my course in December and obviously with winter sports and now spring sports are hitting pretty hard right now. Um, our profession, it's it's tough to find time to, to dig into some of that. So um, I would just say if anyone is trying to get started, uh, make just make sure you pencil in a little bit of time each week to even if you're just watching videos online or you're messing around with, you know, a sample data set, um, that, that's still going to help you in the long run. Um, so just make sure you stick with it. I've, I've had a few weeks where I haven't done, you know, much of anything. And then, you know, I, I kind of regret, you know, not hopping on the computer for, you know, an hour 
you know, maybe a couple times a week. And um, when I do stuff like that, it, it just kind of brings a lot of things into kind of a full picture. You know, it, it helps me modify our workouts. It helps me modify my rehabs. Um, and I don't have the data to back it up, which is ironic yet, but <laughs> I feel like with some of those changes, you know, we, we have had shorter times total in the ATR for injuries and we have had some pretty big and quick advancements in the weight room, but um, I'm still working on piecing some of that together to actually support it. Um, so that's, yeah, that's really all I would add. Gotcha. Well, then jumping into these, where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years when it comes to data analysis? I know we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but if you wouldn't mind kind of expanding. Yeah, so um, I'll kind of rephrase it from before, but I think a lot of the newer EMRs are going to really help in this sense with, um, you know, just kind of pooling a lot of that data and tracking it and not necessarily um, requiring athletic trainers to be the ones that work with it. But in my opinion, if you have someone on your staff that is a practitioner, um, maybe has good ties to the performance side uh, of their team or you know, even clinic or wherever you're at, but then you're also able to analyze that data. You're, in my opinion, you're kind of, you know, leaps and bounds ahead of maybe a data analyst that, you know, one day they'll work with a finance set, one day they'll work with, you know, uh, an education set. And then all of a sudden, hey, they get a sports medicine project across their desk that's due in a week. Okay, yeah, they'll come up with some really good insights, but they won't necessarily know why we're looking at, you know, this certain body parts or this joint, or, you know, you, you have such a leg up on the physiological aspect of what you're analyzing, um, that you're, you're kind of in the driver's seat of how you're going to run things at, you know, whatever facility you're at. So, um, I think, you know, it'd be nice to have more kind of dual credentialed, um, athletic trainers in the future, but I think at the very least, uh, there's going to be a lot more opportunities to, make differences based on data versus just kind of, you know, maybe you just do stuff because that's how you've always done it, which is my least favorite phrase in sports medicine. Um, so I, I think it'll really help just kind of revolutionize the way that we hand out rehabs and the way that we look at, you know, strength and numbers in the weight room or numbers out on the field or numbers at combines. Um, there's just such a high ceiling for that stuff that, um, I don't see why it's it's not going to kind of boom and be more readily available to people. I like it. Um, again, something you kind of already touched on, but we'll have you answer it again. Thinking back on data that you could have collected or that you've seen collected or maybe not used how you would want to have done it, you know, what advice did you go back and give yourself around that? Yeah, that's a good question. I would say... I just wish I would have tracked more things. Um, obviously you have to be mindful of people's medical records, but even if you're, you know, you can create an Excel spreadsheet and just give an athlete a number. And so then, you know, when you go back to that spreadsheet, you have data from maybe how long it took for them to come back from, you know, a, a grade three ACL or a, you know, it doesn't even have to be surgical, but just kind of keeping a spreadsheet of, kind of some of the things that you've worked with personally um, to kind of track some of those timeframes or some of those um, hypertrophy differences. Um, that would have been something that I wish I would have done sooner. Um, and not even necessarily like right out of school, but when I started my data bootcamp, it would have been nice to start tracking some of those things um, because you can still obviously keep it anonymous. And then that's something that you can just kind of keep in your portfolio to just you know, keep, keep working on and keep, um, you know, kind of just working on different numbers and different uh, statistics from those data sets that you create. So um, obviously we're practitioners first, but, you know, why can't you kind of backtrack and look at some of your um, successes and failures as, you know, that person's athletic trainer? I, like um, I would also say, I guess, um, another small thing would be I wish I would have advocated more um, to my employer about, hey, can we maybe get this $200 device that we can use for 20 plus high schools? And, you know, I'll, I'll travel around and 
dedicate an hour or two working with with certain teams and stuff. But um, I think that that's something that if if you keep that price tag low, that's something that a lot of people will say yes to. So um, I, I wish I would have advocated more for some of that. And I'm starting to get some proposals and whatnot written to have some of that technology because um, like right now, the, the position, I mean, we have a lot of large Milwaukee high schools that um, they do very well in sports. They have big, bigger sports budgets and, you know, they're still um, kind of doing things the old way I would you know, consider sure. it where, you know, if, if we already have ties to a school, why can't we, you know, send someone in to work with them for, even if it's, you know, a couple hours or, you know, a few hours a week. Um, I think that they, they would obviously enjoy that a lot, but it would bring in a lot of benefit to their athletics programs as well. What has been the most influential resource that you found since taking this boot camp? Yeah, so that's a good question because uh, I I have two good answers. One would be just some of the classmates that I met um, were much more experienced with the data analytics piece. And so just kind of bouncing ideas off them was great. But I would say another um, good piece is it's a website called Kaggle, K-A-G-G-L-E. Um, and they host just tons of data sets. They're pretty much all free. Um, they even have competitions. So our group did an NFL competition where the NFL gives you free data to work with and it's all catapult data, it's um, game tracking data. So you know exactly you know what the play result was or what position they were in. Um, but just having those data sets around to to download and just work on. Um, a, a big part of getting started in the field is building your own portfolio. So um, using Kaggle has been huge for me just to be able to find some of that stuff. Um, just because, you know, it's, you see a lot of the traditional analytics um, pieces on there, which are finance and um, a little bit of healthcare, a lot of uh, educational stuff. So like managing high school students and stuff like that. But um, there's not a lot of public sports or sports performance or injury prevention type data sets that you can find. And Kaggle has been a good resource for me to um, be able to kind of just sharpen up my skills, but do it with something that's applicable to me versus um, learning all that stuff with maybe, a, you know, a another profession that's not going to be very useful to me. So that makes a lot of sense. Uh, new question, not around data analytics. But as an AT in your role, how do you take care of yourself? And I won't believe you if you say you're looking at data sets, but. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, honestly, this is a piece that I need to get a lot better at. So, um, I mean, I, I definitely, I enjoy my job and I'm very fortunate to be in the position I'm in, but I have had a rough, uh, about a rough year and a half here of just dealing with a lot of outside um you know, we, a lot of gun violence, a lot of uh, people that don't have insurance, you know, it, it's sad to see, but I've had a lot of 14, 15, 16 year old kids that, you know, they probably have a spondy or they definitely broke their arm. And, you know, they, they kind of look at you and it's like, I don't have insurance. I can't go anywhere for this. And that is disheartening. And then to see the gun violence aspect on top and to see um, you know, the direction that club sports is going, not that it's a bad thing, but the volume that these, especially these like high school age kids are putting their bodies through, um, has just been tougher to deal with, <laughs> especially considering the, you know, they pay good money to be on these travel teams and, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of obviously moving pieces, but, um, it, it just seems like the, the work never stops for us as athletic trainers. So, um, I do need to do a bit better job, but I would say just kind of getting into more hobbies. Um, I've always been an avid golfer, so um, I actually, I hadn't picked up a club in, you know, over a year and a half just from, um, I felt like I was too busy. So um, getting back into golf was a big thing for me. Uh, reading more books has been um, helpful. Otherwise, you know, I, I am kind of a distant, quiet person. I think that's why I like data analytics because, you know, you can kind of just sit sit alone and, and, uh, you know, analyze stuff in your own thoughts. But, 
um, just kind of forcing myself to be around friends and family and, and all of that has also helped. So um, those would be my bits of advice, but I know I'm definitely not in a great position to give advice on that, that topic. So maybe record a few more podcasts in there. Yeah, I, I do need to uh, <laughs> get back into it. Um, if you could change or eliminate one thing, uh, could be just like a common misconception um, or just, you know, anything around athletic training and data collection, what would it be? Um, I feel like I could go a few different directions with this, but the main thing I would say is that uh, we need to advocate for it better. Um, and by we, I just mean the the few people that do want to take on um, a bit more responsibility and, and maybe collect data or um, start analyzing stuff for your company. Um, but I think the the bigger piece of that is I think a lot of supervisors need to kind of look in the mirror and say, okay, um, you know, should we get into this one, but two, you know, it it's clearly been beneficial for just about everyone, especially in the sports medicine field um, that has incorporated some aspect of um, at least research, if not kind of some ongoing data projects. So um, I think just eliminating the, the general thought of, oh, we can't afford that or, um, oh, you know, we, we don't know where to start with that. And it's, you know, it, it's actually, it, it can be very affordable depending on, you know, kind of the route you want to take, but, you know, it's, it's not hard to find people that would enjoy doing something like that. So um, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's only really a couple more hours a week um, as far as the tracking piece goes. And then, you know, it, it does require a little bit more time when you're going to analyze stuff, but you're not analyzing every day. You know, you, you might analyze maybe once every couple of weeks with the data that you have from those last couple of weeks. So um, I think just kind of getting that piece out of more of kind of the higher ups um, in your company's head of like, hey, we can afford this. Let's, you know, try to do something different here. And, and it's probably going to bring in revenue since we're doing something different. Um, so that would be a big piece for me that I would say that needs to, to change a little bit. I like it. Last question. Uh, what does being an athletic trainer with data analytics skills mean to you? Oh, man. I don't even know, to be honest. It's uh, <laughs> all been happening so fast. I would say um, I enjoy being kind of a Swiss Army knife, if that makes sense. Uh, sure. It's nice to be the one that people go to, to, to maybe ask some of the fringe questions where, okay, yeah, it deals with rehab, but it might also deal with technology or, you know, especially like weight room things, you know, I'm definitely not, you know, you could see from my physique that, you know, <laughs> I don't practice what I preach often, but um, it's nice to be able to, you know, um, show the data and be able to teach the exercise or to explain to the football coach or, you know, volleyball coach or whoever that, Hey, this is why you should be doing it. Um, instead of just riding them all the time to do, you know, ankle prevention programs, show them graphs that you made, show them spreadsheets. Um, I think that that's just been a huge piece of kind of, um, you know, it, it's kind of in my identification now, people know that they're going to get concrete evidence and data to support what I'm telling them to do. Um, and I will say I'm I'm a little bit you know lower on that on the rehab side, uh, mostly just due to volume of you know patients and whatnot. But um, eventually I would like to catch up and and do a lot more analysis on my um, rehab sessions, so that you know you might have a parent come in and say, hey, why aren't you taping my kid's ankle anymore? Um, it's like well, you know we wanted to strengthen it back up. They're essentially 100% now, but then you have data to back that up. Um, and so I, I think just being able to, um, you know, show your work and just show your worth as well, being able to kind of bounce around the the whole sports med department is, um, you know, to me, that just means that I add value to a company. And um, I think that's, that's a big piece that a lot of young athletic trainers struggle to find right away is, you know, yeah, they're giving me a paycheck. Yeah, I'm covering some events and stuff, but um, I think a lot of people feel like they're kind of at the the bottom of the totem pole, which um, is, you know, it's justified. You kind of got to prove yourself at a lot of companies, but 
um, when you start adding these skill sets that not a lot of your coworkers have, um, you start to become a lot more valuable. And so that was a big piece for me is just, um, you know, kind of a, a self-assurance that, hey, you know, I, I can do a lot of these things that, you know, maybe our supervisors are questioning or, um, you know, maybe some big pieces that we need to fill as a company, you know, you can kind of step up to the plate and really get your hands dirty and, and prove that worth with something like this attached to your practitioner um, license. Awesome. Um, if anybody wanted to reach out to you, connect, you know, ask questions or maybe, you know, guidance on, you know, if they're looking to get into this, what would be the best place for them to either follow you or connect with you? Yeah. So, uh, I'm not a, I, I use social media, but I say that in, I kind of mindlessly scroll through my feed like once a day. Um, but I do respond to a lot of messages on there. So, you know, I, I have a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, stuff like that. Uh, I also have an email that's fairly easy to find um, if you Google my name. Um, and thank you for listening to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. Sorry, we were having some technical difficulties at the end, so it was kind of an abrupt stop, but uh, technology kept freezing up on us. But hope you enjoyed this episode with Greg and talking data analyst, data scientist, and got some ideas on if this is something you want to look to pursue in your future and what it could mean. Um, Thank you again just for listening and for bearing through the ad at the beginning and then here again at the end. We truly appreciate it. All of that revenue, uh, which is unfortunately not a ton, but it is impactful. It goes directly to our Throw a Lifeline program. We're getting very close to being able to fulfill our next one. If you haven't checked it out yet, please check out the Athletic Training Daily Journal. Uh, we are available on Amazon. If you're curious about what it is, there's a 14, downloadable 14-day 14 sample on clinicallypress.org backslash shop. No uh, payment entry required, but you can get an idea of what it is and if it's something that would be beneficial to you. Thank you again for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you on the next one.